I'd watch it right back. We still have a week together. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. The Scotch on the Rocks. Please, any Scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glen Gow. Any Glen. Thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken nuts. All right. Uh, as promised uh, last week to my co-host, so I'm uh, giving him the gift of an anniversary celebrating three years since June 24th when Blake Lively fought a shark in her bikini. <laughs> that one's for Jared. Oh, yeah. And then lots of weird shit happens with pretty <laughs> underage women. Oh come and on, neon Mike. demon! <laughs> oh, you're getting a little too enthusiastic there. <laughs> that butthole puckers. He tenses up. <laughs> Put his name next to underage women. <laughs> All right, Josh, I really like this film, too, so I'll put myself out there, put my neck out there with you. That's right. Um, Nicholas Winning Refn's Neon Demon. So The Shallows uh, was not the top uh, film that weekend. That was the second week of Finding Dory with, good God, $72 million uh, in its second week. That was a 46% drop and still $72 million. The top new release was Independence Day Resurgence, which uh, I think both of you should thank me. We're not covering that as our mainstream film. Uh, gross $41 million. So we're going all the way down to fourth place, the second new film, um, The Shallows, $16.8 million. Neon Demon came in 15th place, but was only on 783 screens compared to the almost 3,000 for The Shallows. And Neon Demon grossed uh, almost 600000 as a, an Amazon release. I I don't know if I should uh, ask because I feel like I should get yeses from both of you on your respective films. You know, I've got you all in two separate jerseys. I've got Jared and the the, the Blake Lively, The Shallows, and then Josh with underage but not actually nude, <laughs> Elle Fanning and the Neon Demon. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that my guess would be that both of you have seen your respective film that I've chosen for you. Josh, is that true about Neon Demon? What about it? That you'd seen it before. Yeah. Before yeah. this podcast. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, yeah, I watched it in the theater. Yeah. So he makes a special trip for that IMDb oh, something. Oh, <laughs> Underage girls. <laughs> in his trench coat. <laughs> Josh is just waiting for the reboot of Blue Crush to come out. <laughs> the <Okay>. Shallows. <laughs> Blake Lovely's too old. <laughs> Old hag. Jared. Terrible. Well known, I... but uh, legal pervert. <laughs> pervert. Yes, very legal. legal. <laughs> had you seen uh, well, The Shallows? I had not. I had seen plenty of what like, a Lively before, but not The Shallows. No. Josh, uh, can you think of a yet another way Jared can disappoint us? Um, Growing hair. Oh... That would disappoint us if he grew hair. Well, heck yeah, that's we couldn't have all the fun bald jokes. That's I don't know, man. Now. I think if he grew hair, depending on what he did with it, 
think we could have a lot of fun with that too. He did have those that awesome summer of the the orange frosted tips or whatever. <laughs> That's going way back. We all That's make going, mistakes. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was listening to a, uh, a, a tech podcast that was talking about like Apple stuff, and that frosted tips came up somehow. I don't remember how, but <laughs> it was very similar to Jared's response. Like, hey, hey, hey. There were a lot of us back then. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, maybe on that note, we should start with Neon Demon. That's the only thing that's got anything to. Uh, only one's got anything to do with fashion sense at all. Is it's set in a fashion world? And I can say I made my wife watch this. I've made her watch Drive and Only God Forgives, which was Mr. Evans' previous two films, and she somewhat liked Drive. Didn't much care for the elevator sequence. Um, hated Only God Forgives. And <laughs> as soon, I mean, the credits roll on Neon Demon. She, like, barely moved. It's like she was just <laughs> very still, like a predator, like, in her, like, <laughs> kill moment. And she just said, like, blankly, with, like, no emotion, why did you make me watch that? <laughs> I was like, well, because I, I needed the... Feminine touch on this episode. I think that I wish I had your hair. Is this your natural color? You're just so beautiful. Don't you think that she's just perfect? Is that your real nose? Yeah. God, life is so unfair. Gigi just got out of the body shop. She's still a little sensitive. You had work done? <laughs> You say that like it's a bad thing. Sweet, plastics is just good grooming. Imagine going a year without brushing your teeth. I go to this guy in Beverly Hills. Andrew. Dr. Andrew. She's in love with him. Of course I love him. Look at me. He calls me the bionic woman. Is that a compliment? I hear your parents are dead. That must be really hard for you. Do you have other family? No. No one at all? You must have a boyfriend. Oh. All she really wants to know is, who are you fucking? Sorry? What I told her is what I like best about Neon Demon is I don't usually like movies about uh, witchcraft. There was a movie called uh, Just the Witch that came out a couple mm. years ago that I thought was really boring. Uh, shout out to superfan Hyro who like loved it, but he hated the Neon Demon. Yeah. Um, like so I'm witch. guessing he just likes his witches like really dowdy and like <laughs> covered in mud from like doing chores. Um, I like this one. I like it where it's it's hot women uh, being. I mean. This is like Mean Girls on uh, steroids here. Uh, they take it to the extreme. And I don't think there's a single character in this film that's likable. And I appreciate that. That argument didn't hold water with my wife, but uh, Jared is a newbie to Neon Demon. What do you think of this? Where every, every single person is despicable in this film. <laughs> that was actually one of the points I was going to touch on. Is like There's not one redeemable character I don't feel like in this entire movie. You know, Elle Fanning, before she has her mysterious walk down the rabbit hole or whatever, but even even she starts buying into the bullshit after a while. You know, you've got 
I thought maybe her boyfriend, but then you start thinking about it. I was like, he knows she's 16, so he's pretty much a scumbag, too. He has so. one moment where she admits to him her age. And considering that she's living on her own, I mean, it's in a seedy motel with even even poor Keanu, the Internet's favorite person of all time. Uh, totally <laughs> miscast in this movie. He's <laughs> a scary, scary son of a bitch in this. Uh, though he knows how to bargain. He knows how to get a deal. I love his sold. <laughs> Since so, <laughs> so he takes money from the, the creepy uh, photographer boyfriend. But uh, that creep, um, I thought I thought for a moment, yeah, he's, you know, the opening shot is him taking pictures of this underage girl with like, uh, you know, fake blood, like dripping from her neck. Uh, basically, like he's photographing a very beautiful dead body, a woman that's just been murdered. He has a moment where she says, you know, uh, her age. And he's like, all right, it's time <laughs> to call this off. And I, but he drives her home, like, saying, like, okay, not cool. Like, before I get arrested, let's end this right now. Uh, when he's dropping off, he tries to kiss her. And then he asks her for another date. So it's like, yeah, you're right, Jared. Even that dude who, like, you know, maybe he has a chance to save himself. He just he just goes right into the mucky muck with everyone one else. Of, one of the dirt bags. Like Josh. Right, Josh, that's your cue. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, you could say I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. Crash through the surface where they can't hurt us. We're far from the shallows now. That has been uh, Josh Dotson uh, saying word. check out at Sober Cinema on Letterboxd. <laughs> if you'd like more poetry jams from Josh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, this was your this was your uh, your uh, your bread and butter here, though, right? Very creepy, very very weird, extremely creepy. Like the entire movie had that creepy ambience in it the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I would put it in the (laughs) great hall of uh, Lynchian creepy eyebrow movies and stuff, but uh, I think that's their that's their actual genre. (laughs) <laughs> no yeah. video store days creepy eyebrow movies yeah. oh there it is <laughs> neon demon <laughs> but uh no i i do and I, I certainly enjoy uh this movie and, and movies like it and uh i can really chalk it up to well with nicholas winning ref and first and foremost you can say all of his movies are really pretty to look at um I shouldn't say all his movies because I haven't seen all his movies, and, and that might not be the case for like, is it The Hallow Rising? I haven't seen that one. Uh, you seen Bronson? I haven't seen that one. I doubt it's probably got, does not have the neon. Yeah, I mean, uh, color palette wise, stuff. There's there's a uh, clear distinction I think from Drive Up as yeah, far as yeah. that sort of pink purple hues, but Bronson, mm-hmm. not pretty. It's still very stylish to look at. Okay, so so but uh, you know, really focusing on on, on these past three movies um the the colors just the uh just the visuals all the way around or it's it's really pleasant to look at he he lingers on shots you know and sometimes it's because the shot is pretty and other times it makes you uncomfortable um this movie in particular they're taking some very uh straightforward i feel like thematic elements that you know, we've probably seen done many times in other stories as far as, um, like celebrity or, or fame or beauty, uh, you know, concerns over beauty kind of devouring, uh, a young person. 
maybe like a, a young innocent person. Um, so like a it, star is born. Yes, just like a star is born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can't compare those two, though, Mike. That's just not. That's not fair. Um, but I love a movie. There's there's something to be said about a movie where it gets the polarizing reviews, where people love it and hate it. Um, there's something about leaving a movie with like the complicated <laughs> emotions and complex feelings of not quite knowing how you feel about it and trying to work through it and and because I, I, I wouldn't really call this a puzzle movie. I, I think some of it is just visual and other things are quite literal. Uh, well, there's there's not a mystery box like there's in some like Mulholland Drive, right? right Where it's right. like you, know, you have a woman with amnesia, you're trying to figure it out, like. The the scene that Jared alludes to where it's like she has the like the, the Alice in Wonderland, you know, Matrix moment where it's she just sort of stares into this uh abyss, which is these uh you know, they're these weird Triangles. <laughs> they're triangles and it's like, you know, it it can play literal where it's like, you know, it's just the like the runway setting, like it's like a a weird sort of art exhibit type thing. Uh or you can go into the fantasy world where it's like, Wow, she's it's like she's consumed completely by herself. And I think in all actuality, it's both. It's like a, yeah. it's symbolic of what is actually happening, and that's mm. she's um, embracing her n- narcissistic um, tendencies. Yeah, she starts of, kissing her. Um, she's yeah, she's literally kissing her own mirror image, uh, which you know uh, mirrors play a lot of. Look, there are worse things that happen with uh, kissing in this film. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, there certainly we are. Have to, we have to spit oh. on a body to get that saliva oh, my working. Gosh. Uh, I thought my wife was going to check out when we when we got there, into there's a necrophilia. Scene that would probably be the scene that would do it. <laughs> you know what though? I uh, I regret on our wolf episode. I had something written down. My wife didn't want me to reveal that it was her idea. But yet, if I take it as my own and she happened to listen, she'd be like, "Hey, you didn't credit me for that bit." So I can't win with her. Uh, we were watching <laughs> Wolf, and her one we watched it two hours long, and you got Jack Nicholson pissing on James Spader. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> turning into a werewolf, hulking out, uh, hulking out. He's got like a, he's a fucking erect. He's ready to, for, to like have sex. Like, you know, his passion's back. Don't laugh. I mean, that's, you know, he, he, he mauls his wife and like, as they're eating dinner in their bathrobes, which actually, that was my one comment. I left out what they were eating dinner in their bathrobes. And I don't know if it's just, does Jack require easy access like right after dinner? Like just, that's as primal as it gets. Yeah. I'm satiated in one way. <laughs> but to, to go back, and you should check out our, our Wolf uh, episode, because uh, we had a good time with that one. Uh, the only comment my wife had when she watched that film was when they got to like the Wolf like animatronics, where it was clearly not like a real wolf, and... You know, they weren't using any sort of computer-generated imagery. It's, you know, the old, I think Stan Winston. He did some, like, Jurassic Park and Terminator 2 stuff with, like, mm-hmm. you know, props and prosthetics. <laughs> and my wife's sitting there watching it. No comment. Through all the rest of the film, all the hijinks. She goes, that looks like a showbiz pizza. <laughs> <laughs> And she got annoyed with me because the same as you all that like it just took me out of the movie i just like uh, had to stop and recover i'm like i'm trying to do something serious here for the podcast you know trying to reassess wolf it was jack's passion project and bring up showbiz pizza which is 
Deep hole. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, you picked well. She sounds just about as weird as the rest of us. So, okay, it gets worse, right? So, <laughs> Neon Demon, you have uh, one of Elle Fanning's many people that come under her spell. And, you know, when they are, uh, when she rejects them, you know, they, they go off the deep end because uh, they just can't have her. Um, as uh, Jenna Malone, as this uh, makeup artist that you know allows her to stay at her house and I guess tries to be protective, but you know, like the creepy photographer, not best interests at heart, just because she wants to sleep with her too. When she's rejected, she has this either her nine to five or her like side hustle as she does makeup on dead bodies, and uh, she gets access to this dead body and she has sex with it. And she imagines Elle Fanning, like, you know, draped on a couch, uh, giving her, uh, I guess, her version of, like, O-faces to, uh, to her. She's doing this horrible and illegal thing. Yeah, this <laughs> movie's wife version says, of Fast Times, yeah. All my wife says, she's staring at this stone face, not enjoying it in the slightest. She goes, is that the girl from Stepmom? <laughs> that was, that was, I was like, maybe. <laughs> pull up Jim Malone's IMDb, but she's currently fucking a dead body. <laughs> That's what you want to know. <laughs> That's what piques your interest. Was, what is she my way is? Of, uh, my wife's way to cope with what I'm making her that's watch. Not, that's what I was going to say. It's like uh, I gotta find something else. Like mm. she's like in the middle of shock, and it's like. <laughs> Creating new memories like <laughs> this never happened. <laughs> I watched Stepmom. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll look that up. But uh, Jared, this is not what I would consider necessarily your wheelhouse. Um, but if I had to place a bet, I would have bet that you enjoyed this because this movie just keeps getting progressively more insane as it goes along. I I just I really enjoyed uh, how uneasy it made me the entire time. Like. It felt like every single person in that movie had some sort of ulterior motive that was bubbling under the surface, but wasn't actually like coming out straightforward with it. So you never. Oh, knew. they don't hide it too well. That no, no, <laughs> there's sinister intent. But yeah, but the, just the fact there is sinister intent, and it ratchets up the uh, the crazy factor as we go. But and and, and the visuals, as Josh said, it's. Uh, I had some recreational. Um, assistance last night and some of the scenes were fantastic <laughs> you know what I, uh, I'm i glad it went that way <laughs> as far as when oh you're talking my. about the visuals especially oh what my. we just talked about I'm glad you're like that's that, that was your sin of choice that night the art exhibit was uh, stimulating <laughs> as long as it's not the, the fucking the, the dead person Jared then we're, no. we're good very sober. <laughs> very, very sober. <laughs> I, I've said before on this uh, podcast, I think it was when we were discussing The Endless, that there'd be very few people I could recommend it to. Josh would be one of them. Uh, it's it's the same thing here, Josh, but like, you know, The Endless, I could see people being maybe kind of just bored, but I don't think they'd be like offended by what they saw. But this type of movie... I don't know how many people I would recommend it to. So like as our choice of forgotten film, I mean, I don't think this was like a failure. I think they knew <laughs> this is very, for a very specific type of person. And so, yeah, I mean, it, even if you're into indie movies, I would have to think, all right, are they going to be, uh, up in arms about, uh, and I guess final, you know, spoiler alert for Neon Demon. If you've not seen it, uh, I think it is streaming on prime cause they own the thing. Right. Ultra. Um, that. 
there you know necrophilia um you know people trying to fuck this underage girl and uh cannibalism so <laughs> even if you're into like kind of slow paced indie films i think i would have to check myself just a little bit and be like all right wait what type of person uh am i handing this to and are they gonna look at me funny for being like i loved it fantastic like more like it you have to have some street cred in order to like um pull somebody into the audience to watch something like that like if i'd heard that like any number of other directors had made a movie and <laughs> had those contents in it i'd be like eh, you know what i'm out i don't really <laughs> no, i don't sounds like a bit much <laughs> yeah but you tell me it's nickel's winning ref and i'm like uh I'm sure it's being done on a very symbolic or, you know, allegorical level. You know, it, it's um, it's not there. I mean, it probably is there to offend in terms of, like, it, it's to make you uncomfortable. And it's not reveling in it, though. Yeah, it's not there to be enjoyed. Because, um, I mean, there's there's quite a bit of... I don't know if I should say quite a bit. There, there's, there's plenty of nudity in the, the movie and... Uh, there's some implied sex stuff, but none of it, none of it is like titillating. None of it is. Well, the sex is repulsive. You have a sequence with Keanu Reeves. Uh, thankfully, I guess a dream sequence or a, you know a hint, a warning in her subconscious that uh, he's going to come and try to get in her room. Where in the in the dream, the nightmare, he comes with a blade mm. and starts shoving it uh, down her throat, mimicking uh, oral sex, but with <laughs> a sharp and dangerous object. Um, Yet again, the internet's favorite son, Keanu, is the one doing it. And the nudity you get is two women bathing in another young lady's blood that they've just killed and consumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I admit that the <laughs> the movements they're doing, it's two attractive blondes showering together and like in slow-mo and like, you know, groping everything as a you know, red-blooded uh, heterosexual male or, uh, you know, homosexual woman, I guess you would want to see. But you have to, <laughs> you have to have, and even the nasty Hellcat, I don't think has <laughs> blinders on in that moment to be like, man, look, those two hot women showering together, <laughs> like water run, cascading. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of blood there. And yeah, that's, I mean, but I, I can look past it. I can, <laughs> we can work with this. I don't, I don't think you can considering that it keeps cutting back to, Jenna Malone in a bathtub full of another human's blood mm-hmm. that she's it looks like she's at a a spa like she's gone out to the desert to like get her head straight and yeah I agree with you Josh I don't I don't think it's titillating I will say though that I think it's oftentimes meant to be so over the top that it's like darkly humorous oh yeah 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 I would I would agree with that <laughs> there's a sequence that uh towards you know before the shit really hits the fan although it does involve a woman trying to uh to lick and suck her blood um where this you know this crushed beautiful supermodel woman has lost a job to our hero the neon demon and uh she asks her like what's it like to walk into a room and like know that everyone's staring at you like you know the the sun basks on you alone and like everyone else is invisible and they're in your presence <laughs> does does El fanning does she do some conflict resolution here? Knowing like, hey, this woman's at her low point, and uh, I think she has ill intent in her eyes towards me. Does she try to de-escalate? <laughs> no, she answers, it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have what I have. <laughs> Best just to die. Like, <laughs> we're taking another breath. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember in the theater, like, 
Josh had like sort of nervously chuckling, like, oh God, like <laughs> all, all bets are off. Like, this is how we're going to handle it. It's not going to be like this poor, like, you know, girl from middle America who's like in over her head and is being taken advantage of. Like she knows the weapon and the power she's wielding, which is, and she says, she says at different points in the film, she says it early on, like, you know, I can't sing, can't dance, but you know, I'm pretty, which is one way to say it to be like, okay, that's why I have confidence come out to Hollywood it's another way to say it that it's like I have everything that every woman wants. Like they cut themselves <laughs> to try to be me and I just have it. Isn't that great? Like you're getting into, you're getting into a very dark version of Zoolander here. With this, this movie. <laughs> but you know what? You're, you're really, I, I did read some of uh Nichols winning reference, like uh, some of his interviews where he was kind of, I guess, divulging some of his inspiration as to why he made it and what it was about. And, he said it was, you know, it was really about beauty and that, you know, like, I guess in, in terms of like, he woke up one day feeling depressed. He's like, you know, I wasn't born beautiful. My, my wife, <laughs> she's beautiful. She knows what it's like to be beautiful. I don't. And, um, and this he, is what that man created. Yeah. He, from said, that. he said he wanted to, you know, kind of explore what it is, you know, what beauty is in our, for, for us individually and in our culture and everything. And, you know, there's there's points like the the even though the scuzzy uh, fashion guy was pretty bad. When he said it, it was true when he like, kind of confronted the boyfriend, and the boyfriend's like, I think there's more to just beauty. You know, the, the inner beauty and all that stuff. And the guy's like, if she wasn't pretty, you wouldn't have stopped to talk to her. <laughs> and the guy, kind yeah, he's of not saying say, that there can't be more. He's just saying you wouldn't give them you wouldn't give them the time of day or the chance to show you that. So it's like. On the one hand, the movie is very much like showing the ugliness that comes from that world with the emphasis on beauty, but it also does shed some truth on the fact that we do give it a lot of power and whatever, if you think that's a good or bad thing, but uh, it certainly explores that. So it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I think something can be said with our uh, our mainstream release, the hit, that you know, perhaps a great number of the audience that, that made it a financial success. We're stopping and take a look because it's, it's a woman uh, being hunted by a shark. And for the most part in a very still position, like there's the title of it's the shallows. She's able to cling to this rock uh, during low tide uh, to keep out of the water. Um, but nasty Hellcat, I would say a lot of the reason people stop to check this out is because Blake Lively is a is a beautiful woman, and she's in a state of undress as she's fighting this shark. It helped me get through the first thirty minutes of the movie. Yes, Part not of a that. fan of her reminiscing about her uh, dead mom. Or I'm sorry, Michael, riding through the Mexican <laughs> countryside, talking to her aide wasn't uh, riveting cinema. Dude, you, I mean, I know you're making fun of the movie, but you just came across as like, <laughs> who is this piece of shit? <laughs> who is this foreigner, this aide, I Carlos. guess what he is? Who is this Carlos? <laughs> I'm like, he seems like a decent enough guy. What, what was the problem with him, Jared? Delaying me from the boobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, yes, he does in a way. Shut um, up, Carlos. <laughs> see, I would have thought it's less his, uh, it's less him delaying it and her, um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, a fairly accurate, I think, representation of the you know the time this is made and came out, where she's checking in with her friend, she's texting her friend, uh, she's sort of disengaged from her own adventure. She has FaceTime with her sister. Uh, she's like comparing notes with pictures on her camera roll on her phone of her mom when she came here. Uh, there's there's a lot of time where before she actually jumps in the water, before, I mean, she's staring at her phone, and I thought without it becoming like the damn social network. Uh, I actually kind of like the way they did it where it's like, you know, it wasn't just the visual <laughs> as it would really be where it's Blake Lively just with her head down scrolling mindlessly. You know, they try to make it a little cinematic. It's yeah. a little goofy and over the top. Well, it ends up being a device later on in the movie as well. I, I, I like you, Mike. I, I did enjoy the way they portrayed it, the way they showed it, that vis- visual visualization of, the uh, her flicking through the pictures and it was like you know you could kind of see a transparent version of her screen, mm-hmm. um, kind of hovering above her and stuff and and seeing that stuff. So and even when she's like facetiming, they kind of do it in that weird way. Uh, it's um, interesting to see it like that. I think I had more of a problem with them. Like I didn't really need like it's almost like they're trying too hard on her backstory. Like the the moment she kind of explained that. Uh, you know, this is an island that my this is somewhere my mom was when she was really young and uh my I mom was pregnant had, with her. Yeah. And she recently passed away. So you're you're immediately like, okay, I get I get what this is. <laughs> you know, it's you're getting over the loss of your mom, you're kind of trying to relive something she did. Uh I get it, you know, and that, that, that resonates. I, I don't I don't need all the extra talking to her dad and all that stuff trying to layer up the drama because that's not what that's not why we're here you know it's, some people are there for a shark movie and other people are jared for other <laughs> there for other reasons but um yeah you rare pervert how yeah. could you you like boobs you big dirty dog <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old uh, I'm wondering if our listeners feel the same. Like, God damn it, Norm Macdonald clip time again. <laughs> uh, I, you sound like though you weren't uh, you weren't that enthused uh, with this, the film as a whole, though. Or is it just the, the no? Setup? I'm, I'm talking about the setup. I mean, oftentimes I do agree with that sentiment. That it's like they have to, you know, they take a simple like thriller. Like, I mean, it could have been anyone surfing solo in a strange country. And your partner is hungover or whatever she's doing. And, uh, and I mean, just the, let's just look at the practical nature of it. Like, you know, to be, to totally disconnect, she has to leave that on the beach, yeah. right? Like she eventually has to, she won't have that safety net of if something happens. And uh, I think that's where I would disagree with you, Josh, is, you know, I think they build it up because what she's doing is inherently dangerous. Even if there's no shark, if there's some sort of accident, mm. It has to be important, and I guess I don't know if the, is the dad there. You know, she's trying to avoid talking to him, just as the maybe the audience's voice of reason of like, uh, maybe you shouldn't go through with this if you're, you know, you had to be dropped off uh, by this stranger and you're totally alone. What if you just you know fall or hit your head and drown? Yeah, I couldn't quite tell if if he knew what she was doing and was concerned for her safety, or if he was just concerned because she had left home and was like on some trip and kind of unaccounted for and just was like, mm-hmm. Hey, you need to get, you need to come home either way. I mean, it's still, it still sends the, the point that obviously she's going through something and it's enough that her dad is extra concerned for her. And it sounds like she might be even kind of risking some of her professional 
future, I guess, like her medical school or whatever it was. That was another thing I actually didn't mind. Usually, like, when they bring it up, it's like to tell you that this person you're about to watch for two hours has more value. He's not just an average person. This guy quit law school, and he's actually a genius. <laughs> but right. you know, he's in this movie, he's standing behind a convenience store, like masturbating in front of people. But by God, he actually once was a genius. And it's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, you could have just made him like any old idiot. Like, I think this is the one time I'm like, I'm cool with it because you do need some sort of like, wait a minute, how does she know how to fix all of her wounds or how does she know immediately like how much time she has or what she needs to do. And I'm like, all right. So, um, you know, medical background, mm -hmm. she's got some education. That's, that's fine. That's, I feel like that's the only reason it's there. If it's, if it's put in there, so we, th they think audience need this to be a better person. Like, Oh, if it's just an average person losing their life to a shark, well, who gives a shit, but she was going to be a doctor. Well, that's a tragedy like <laughs> that. <laughs> that always offends my sensibilities because we do see, a couple of other guys who, from all we know, are decent human beings. <laughs> they're they're just used for shark meat, just for yeah. the, the drunk, kill shot. Drunk hobo on the beach gets uh, gets chomped. Well, he ain't too nice, Jared. I mean, he's, <laughs> <laughs> she's you know she's telling him, "Hey, please uh, call for her help." My phone's there, and he hears phone. Phone. And yes. I'm gonna pocket that. His biggest sin, though, is I'm like this fat bastard is gonna swim out there and carry a surfboard through the jungle to sell it. I'm like, you've already got her cash and her phone. You really need that surfboard, and that's <laughs> Saint Blake. Uh, for many reasons, she's a saint. Uh, yelling at him, trying to tell him, yeah, you've taken my phone and my wallet, but there's a shark out here. Don't come for that surfboard. That, I'm, I'm rooting for that guy to die. I'm rooting for bad things to happen to him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not too sympathetic. But the other two, I mean, they come yeah, back I mean, the next day. And... There, there's a little bit of uh, cockiness there, like, you know, kind of mocking her, like, ah, oh, there's no sharks out here. I think they are kind of almost approaching it as like a, crazy white american what she would they know think she's, she's doing she's been out there for 24 <laughs> hours or she got up really early and she's like laying on a rock out there no yeah. surfboard inside and she's like screaming like a banshee like don't come out here i just never it doesn't register with uh anybody in the film <laughs> this <laughs> distance of water between her while she's sitting on a rock huh <laughs> hmm. she's certainly uh swimming distance like if the water yeah. was safe and she was okay she could definitely swim back to shore. So why does this girl not want to get into the water? <laughs> I mean, it was nice watching this with Neon Demon, like within the span of twenty four hours. Where, as I said, no one tries to conflict resolution in that one, and this one, no one will listen to poor Blake trying to deescalate <laughs> the carnage. Uh, well, you know what? I, so I just kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive. Um, I'm not real big on like the. Uh, shark or infested waters uh creature feature movies like to me it kind of begins and ends with jaws i mean that's <laughs> blame, the classic blame sci-fi <laughs> yeah 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 deep blue sea doesn't work for you huh i mean some of those movies are okay but they're just not just as a genre i don't get into that so much like jaws normally has just kind of been like okay you know what you're saying that's all you need as far as shark movies. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a thing I'm that into. So I really was kind of hesitant going into this one because it's just not... We, we, what's the other one that came out? Uh, 47 Meters Down? 
I've not uh, seen that one, but I've I've actually seen good reviews I've, for it. I've heard good things about it, but just just my own inclination to be like I don't I don't really have a desire to watch another shark not movie. A, not a megalodon fan, eh? And eh, I mean, I guess I'd see a megalodon over a shark, but it's just a really <laughs> big shark. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That came off as incredibly perverse. <laughs> Both of you. I, I was about to be the pervert and saying like, hey, maybe I was interested in the shallows because. Blake Lively's in a bikini on the poster, and I believe is it Mandy Moore in Forty Seven Meters Down. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they advertised it in that way. No, uh, but I guess the point I'm getting at is um, that said, with my hesitance with even watching it, uh, I was really kind of shocked at how how much I, I became invested in you know watching it and enjoying it. And I think a large part of that is the fact that it's kind of half shark movie, and the other half of it is like survivor trying to use bare minimum tools in a, a very limited situation. I, I do enjoy those type of films quite a bit. She even had time to fix the bird, fix its wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great character so, actor Steven Seagal. Oh yes. <laughs> so uh I you know <laughs> ignore what Jared said there. You tell your asshole boss that nobody, nobody threatens me. I understand. I'll convey your feelings to Mr. Devereux. Now get your ugly white ass out of here. Don't come back. Uh, you gotta have that thing though, right? You gotta have, if it's a movie about a person on their own, isolated, like the the bird here is basically Wilson. It's just mm-hmm. someone that, so Blake Lively doesn't look like a crazy person when she's like telling us what she's about to do. She's talking to the bird. And they're kind of doing a little bit of that like uh, metaphorical thing where it's like, She's she's the <laughs> injured seagull. You know, it's like, oh my you God, know, gosh, what are you, I can't believe you're doing a damn deep dive on the shallows. I'm not and Neon Demon. I'm not. I'm, I'm just, not Neon Demon. We just like that's not that's, that's not a weird. deep dive. They're very blatantly saying and doing that. Like, oh, see, that bird's a survivor too. I I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm just I saying wish somebody they do it. at the reading said that. I wish. To- <laughs> that bird's a fucking survivor. She puts it on a surfboard for it to like <laughs> ride up the shore. That's just being a decent human being. Gosh. On her part, but I'm just saying they didn't go through the trouble of doing all that without like trying to like make some sort of like little symbolic point out of it. Jared, do you ever wonder what it's like to watch movies from Josh's mom? <laughs> Every movie a Rubik's Cube, I say. You're reading too much into what, I, what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's like a deep dive to see that whatsoever. Put the puzzles I mean, together see. on the seagull. And in the bad times, I fear myself. I see your point, Josh, but that never entered my mind. As I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, cool. It's a bird she can talk to. That bird's cute. I hope it lives. And when you put on the surfboard, I'm like, I hope the shark doesn't get it. And you're. Tell me something, boy. I did have a dark moment where. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you caught. Like, if you all thought the same thing. She's like, she's going, it, it takes one minute to get to the. Uh, what was that like? The the metal uh, the buoy, buoy, and she's like, "I need a head start." And right after saying that, she puts the bird on the surfboard. And it's like, oh. God, she's offering it up as bait. Like, <laughs> I didn't think like, that, but now I don't. <laughs> 
I really did kind of, like, I was kind of concerned. I was like, that shark's going to eat the bird. I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in. I'll never leave the ground. Crash through the surface where they can't hurt us. We'll fly from the shallow now. And editor Mike is like, what clip do I put in there? <laughs> what sound effect does that get? Uh, I think it gets like a really random and uh, odd Steven Seagal quote or something. Like All right, <laughs> uh, that should be easy enough to find on YouTube. Yeah, oh, thank God the army of jellyfish have come to my aid. <laughs> 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 Thought of drive angry during that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Goes so fast it doesn't give me enough time to be like, no, wait a minute. This is a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> they broke themselves into a corner. Yeah. They finally go to the boo. He's like, how the fuck are we gonna kill this shark? <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly funner and uh, probably has a little bit more rewatchability than something in the old That's um, weird coming from you because I thought you'd be like on your seventh watch of uh, Neon Demon. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm kind of speaking for like the average viewer too. He's talking I mean, about the normies, the, the normies out there. But no, I mean even myself. Like even though I enjoy movies like that, I mean they're usually pretty heavy and kind of take a toll on you. You really want to sit through something like that so much. Uh, <laughs> Josh wants to feel like he's been in a heavyweight fight after he comes out of the movie theater. Like a what? A heavyweight fight after you come out of the yeah. movie theater. Oh, God. Somebody help me. <laughs> I just watched Neon Demon. Give me a wheelchair.